0: Hello, and welcome to the Hoff Podcast. I'm Daniel Turner, the pastor of the Tyler House of Faith. We take these messages from our weekly services and then release them here on our podcast channel for you. We we'll hope you dig it. Well, there's, there's a few things I wanted to start off with today, or that I wanted to talk about today. And um, to be honest, a lot of it is stuff that I've never really shared much publicly. You know, I've shared, you know, there's probably 20, 25 people that have come in and out of our life groups or, or our Wednesday nights that we used to talk about things, uh, maybe on the spiritual side of things, that I haven't really shared fully out in the open quite as much. But today I felt like it was a good day to do it, and I feel led to do it. But one of the things, there's a verse in Zechariah 4 that's quoted a lot. It's a, it's a very interesting prophecy, Zechariah 3 and Zechariah 4, about the new covenant that was going to be established about Jesus, the the high priest of God, God embodied really, and upon him the the rock that had seven eyes, you know, the sevenfold spirit of God from the book of Revelation. And some of these things that are, you know, they seem strange and obscure until you've actually read the New Testament and realized they were all prophecies of things that were coming. And um, but there's something in this prophecy of Zechariah one nine concerning the walk of the Spirit, right? But there's a quote that's in it in Zechariah 4, verse 10, that says, For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoiced to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. There the eyes of the Lord were scanned to and fro throughout the whole earth. And um, you maybe have heard that, bo- that uh, verse quoted before in your life, like, you know, who has despised the day of small beginnings it's written kind of poetically but what it's saying is it's encouraging people not to despise things that start very small because in God they can end up accomplishing very brilliant things and that's what this prophecy is saying it's talking about this nation this people of Israel the, the 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 Abrahamic covenant the the reversal of all things um This, the anointed one that was to come, the Messiah, Jesus, the Christ. um, It's talking about this, the seven or the spirit of God that was going to be poured out upon all flesh. As it says in, in Joel 2, that your sons and your daughters would prophesy, your old men would dream dreams and young men would see visions. All these things which were reserved for the prophets of old would be now released to everybody. It wouldn't just be the guy with the microphone or had the degrees or whatever. It would be like everybody would have the ability to know God and communicate to God who is spirit. You know, Just as Jesus said, you know, God is spirit. And those who worship him do so in spirit and in truth. There's a level of accuracy of walking in the spirit in your true inheritance, in this true reality of the Christian walk, where the voice of God is open and there's relational connection between you in him and him and you. It's a real thing. The Bible talks thoroughly about it and here in this church we've, we cover that almost constantly. But I liked that verse it, and it sprung out to me even as somebody who st- we started this church in 2012, towards the end of 2012, um, but it was this, this verse that says, but who has despised the day of small things? In other words, who saw this brilliant thing coming? For these seven, the spirit of God has rejoiced to see the plumb line, you know, the measuring line, these prophecies about Jesus, the cornerstone, the capstone, all these things that he was, the identity of God manifest so that the imagers of God, the sons and daughters would recognize him and actually come alive in who they truly are. And it was also this encouragement of like, hey, thrive where you're at. Have you ever heard that phrase, thrive where you're at? I could have sworn I heard it five minutes ago when Anthony opened up. Hey, wait a second. I just ripped off Anthony. It's not ripping him off if I give him credit, right? But, you know, he opened the message today or the service today was saying, I I feel like I heard the Lord saying, thrive where you're at. And I believe that's a brilliant way to uh, even interpret that verse in Zechariah 4.10, like not to despise the day of small beginnings, not to despise, it's, it's always been a, a theme of, of this house, the ability to think, not only to think big, but to think small, like Jesus used to teach. He'd say the kingdom of heaven is like the mothership. No, 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 he didn't say the mothership. He said it's like a mustard seed. It's tiny, it's little, it seems insignificant. And these little things that are the kingdom that seem insignificant and not of much value become this massive tree, you know. All these parables, he would talk about sowing these little seeds. The kingdom of heaven was like this. And many a times, I think people sacrifice their purpose and their destiny of li- and, and living in the moment for this vision that they have for the future when in reality, the day, the, the way into the vision of the future, and maybe it is from God, in, into the purpose and destiny you feel called to is being faithful in the mustard seed here and now moment, or in, as, as Anthony would say, in thriving right where you're at. Of looking around us, having our heads lifted up that the king of glory would come and That's you know Psalm 24, it's like having this mentality of like, hey, there's people in my life right now that I can sow these kingdom seeds into. Yeah. Whether it's just being kind or being a friend or, or speaking life or truth, it can be friendships, it can be relationships, it can be coworkers, it can be people at the grocery store you've never met. But God, um, I will say, in a sense, hides doors of opportunity and of the kingdom and of advancement in our life, but so many times we walk past them thinking they're insignificant. Amen. Matthew thirteen forty four says that, that the kingdom of heaven is like this treasure that was hidden in a field, which, which a man found, but he kept it a secret, and he went and he, and he paid everything that he had for that field. And it's talking about Jesus, and the field was the earth, but it's parabolic for us as well. It's like there was this treasure in this land that everyone walked by and no one saw it for the value that it truly was. It was always there. But to one who had eyes to see, he would give everything he had to buy it and then be happy about it in order to buy it, knowing that that's what the kingdom of heaven was like. Now, this is a parable, and it's a one-verse parable in Matthew 13, but it is this Thriving where you're at, recognizing the opportunity to sow into the kingdom everywhere we're at. We think of sowing as money, but that's just kind of how the machine has kind of like cranked it out. And it can work that way, but it's about our heart and our time and our effort and our love and the things we put value in. It's about sowing life with not even trying to get a return on it. But the return comes 30, 60, and 100 fold. And that's in red letters. And that's my way of saying Jesus said that in his, in his own voice, you know, the embodiment of Yahweh. And so, not despising the day of small beginnings and of small things. Being faithful and obedient in the place where the Lord has you. Following through on the issues of the heart that he's leading you into. Sometimes that literally looks like I have things coming up in my heart. Maybe it's unforgiveness or maybe it's wound or maybe it's an issue that I have with somebody, a stepdad from back in forth, whatever it is. And instead of like the devil keeps reminding me about this, it's warfare. It's like, no, the Lord is allowing you to feel this thing. So you step into the wholeness of it. Face it with him, release the forgiveness of it and become whole in your heart. I feel that. It's a theme. It's a theme of the new covenant. Your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Wow, give us this day our daily bread. Wow, he's talking about the manna of Exodus 16, but he's talking about every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Give us this communication. And the next verse is, And also, forgive forgive our debts as we forgive those who have sinned or indebted against us. There's no separation from it in this walk. But the wholeness of the heart is where authority comes. Being faithful in the moment in the here here and now, even in things that seem insignificant or small, following through on what the Lord's told you to do, living that life man you know many of you know um, I wasn't super um, comfortable at the thought of moving to Tyler, Texas and starting a church um, in 2012 not super com- not super comfortable not at all comfortable. As a matter of fact, I was quite uncomfortable. I'd worked my way up in the company that I was at. Um, I was the highest paid employee there, you know. Um, I had incredible clientele. Um, And I would be there at work and have to excuse myself because I thought I was gonna vomit because my stomach would get so tied up in knots thinking about moving here. (laughs) That sounds like a really tough guy, I know. Um, but it, I, I was so nervous about it, but the Lord had called us to do it. And we had been here for about a year, you know, several, you know, a few years before we actually finally just fully moved here and been involved with the ministry. And I actually led the whole thing. And, and, you know, it was, it was cool. And, and, uh, we got a lot of notoriety, a lot of notoriety and it got a lot fast and um, so it sparked a lot of things. But then we, once we left after being here for just a year and, and we're gone back in North Carolina for a few years, um, the Lord started calling us back. And I was very, very fearful about it or uncomfortable about it. And honestly, uh, one of the main reasons, I, I would come back and I would marry young people. And I remember I coming back and marrying a couple. And um, there, there was a pastor in town who, who said, hey, once the Lord said, hey, you're, you're going to go back and do this. It had been two years, and I was like, wow, the Lord's calling us back there. I was actually excited about it. And I came back into this wedding. But this pastor that was here in this town, he met up with me while I was here. And he said, um, he was like, hey, you have the mouthpiece to this whole generation. My, my, my family my, have been, has benefited from your ministry more than anything else in our lives. He had a bunch of a, a young uh, sons and daughters that were all like high school, college age He's like, my kids listen to you more than they listen to me. He's like, come and join up with me and like come and come and join my church and like do what you're going to do here. And, um, which was somewhat of a conflict of interests, you know, because I knew the origins of his ministry. I knew the origins of his church. He, 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 he birthed it in a way that I felt was very poor when it came to integrity. It was, out, it was out of a split of another church. Uh, when, when something dramatic had happened to them, he had moved in with them and, and he had taken a lot of it. And it was very, very, uh, there was a lot of corruption and grossness in there. And see, I had, I had been given these blueprints over the years of what the church is supposed to actually be like through the Bible. And I thought, man, it's, it's, in a, it's, a, it's a place, the Ephesians 4, a lot of the stuff that I'd learned, even from some of the people that had gone before me, Rick Joyner and some of these other guys, I really valued certain things that they had implemented of equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. A place where like we don't shy away from the giftings of the spirit, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, but instead they're actually trained and equipped according to the biblical standards of those giftings. And actually you create platforms for people to actually be trained and equipped in those gifts. You give people opportunities to lead if they have giftings and callings. Great example, you know what Amanda's doing. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you, you, you don't, your hand isn't over them your hand is under them and you're actually bringing a family of faith um, up into this place where the church becomes what I believe it is in the scriptures like a place of actually training and equipping and walking in the koinonia or the fellowship of, of this light and it's really a family or a household of faith and so I, I have these beliefs and, and, and it, it, it's bef- it, to be founded from the ground up not to have its origin in some sort of split or some sort of divide or anything just start it, you know it's not something you advertise, which that would be, that's a tough one for a lot of people to swallow. You don't move there and advertise and send out the pamphlets and stuff. You actually, just, you actually just start with people and you Bible study and you train and equip and you disciple. And all these things were in my mind of this blueprints that I felt like was from God. But it also seems really difficult. Like, man, it would actually have to be God if it works. You know what I mean? Because you wouldn't be doing it in your own strength. Um, but I felt like I was supposed to. So this man comes and says, hey, come join up with mine. And I had to be honest with him because I, I wasn't in judgment over the guy, but I said, listen, I'll tell you, I love you guys like nothing against you, but I really want to start something that's from the ground up. I don't want it to have its origin in any type of fighting or splitting or territorialism or anything like that. I said, not that you guys do, but it would not be right for me to join into what you have going because I knew what he had done to the other guy, the other guy leading the ministry. I knew what had happened. And, um, I mean, they were both at each other, but you know, I, I knew what had happened. And, um, instantly I, I became from, like his, his best friend, like come and join me. And, you know, instantly I became like, you better not come to this town. If you come to this town and you start a church, I'm going to, ref- I'm going to refute you from the pulpit. I'm going to tell people about Joel. <laughs> and then I, and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that that's how this game was played. Like the church game. I didn't know it was like territory like that. I didn't, you know, I got a real, I, I had a, a taste, but I didn't know that it could, it could be flipped like that. And that, that wolf could come out on you like that, you know. And so then, and the Lord had spoken to us very directly. And there's a, there's a video on here called The History of the Hoff, not a video, uh, uh, a message. If you've never heard our history, like all this is, a lot of that stuff is on there. And it's really fun. It's cool. But it's just like, then you know why I was like nervous. Like, Lord, ain't going there. <laughs> you know how am I gonna? I've got this blueprint in my mind to go and start something from the ground up, literally, just like a Bible study. Not advertise the thing, and if the people grow in the health of the New Covenant, they're the advertisement, and that's how it would grow organically. And all these, all these beautiful concepts, right? Training in the gifts of the Spirit, training in the fundamental teachings of the New Covenant in the Bible, taught in a really intelligent way at a high standard, like a college. You know, I, I had all these theories. Um, and beliefs of the way it should go. But man, the thought of implementing that just sounded like, whoa. N- not only would that be something, but man, if you had somebody else who's got this, you know, 200 groups, pe- you know, 200 people with them and-, and they're just attack mode, like, I don't want to do that. That sounds sketchy. And which the Lord said, you're right, it does sound sketchy. We'll, f- we'll-, we'll pick a new place for you, buddy. No, that's a joke, right? You know what I mean? It was, it was just like, well, yeah, let's, yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, you're still going, that's where I want you to go. It's so, like, oh, okay, cool. You know? So now you know why I'm nervous to start something because it's going to start and it's going to be attacked. And it's like, hey, we're, you know, we're just a small little group of people and we're just doing our little thing. We're not trying to take people from other churches. That's another thing, man. You start churches. like There's, there's a lot of I don't know if you know there's a lot of churches around here, but it's like if people go, come from those, you hear about it. Just... Yeah, man, you hear about it from others. Sometimes they're not, a, not a lot of them are good. A lot of them are probably really good, but a lot of them are real territorial and scared, man. They could have thousands of people and be scared to death of you for your, for your 15 people. Like, scared it, And I was like, why? I don't know why. Um, anyway, so anyways, being faithful and present with the little, the Lord spoke to us, and he spoke to me very clearly. And over several period of times, but some of you guys know the story. It was like, it was the last straw basically the straw that broke the camel TT's back, I guess if you will, or, or healed my back or whatever. I don't know what you want to call it, but was I had this dream that we, we came here and when we did, there was a house that was on two lots. And it was on two lots. And in the, in the side lot of where this house was, there was actually a tornado touching down. But it wasn't doing destruction and it wasn't doing damage. It almost looked like a reverse well, that was a well that was planted in the earth that was, that was getting water from heaven. You know? But it was a tornado right on the lot and it was, just, it was just pouring, it was releasing some water, not not flooding, but just right onto that lot. And it was the most bizarre thing. And I woke up from that dream and many of you have heard this, from the, a sound of a door opening up in my bedroom. Whom! We had, you know, had two pit bulls laying on the floor neither one of them woke up. Boom, this large door, almost like a castle door, swinging open in our room, which popped me out of the bed, and and a voice came out of the door, and it said Hidalgo, right? Bizarre. Yeah, you don't have to tell me it's weird. It's weird. Went to work, you know, had a break, looked on my phone, you know, Wikipedia or Google, or whatever, I just typed in Hidalgo, what does it mean? The Treaty of Hidalgo comes up, and I'm like, I click on it, first thing that comes up on my phone, click on Treaty of Hidalgo, it's the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo that gave the outline border. It's the end of the Spanish or the Mexican-American World War. It gave the outline border of the state of Texas, and, and it's, it's how it came here. And so it's like, okay, so the Lord was— I, I had, I had kind of stepped into being a little bit fearful and maybe somewhat of a coward, and I was like, well, the Lord's called us to go there, but he hasn't given us the timing, so I'm going to go when he gives me the timing, and that was the timing. The door is open now. Go to Texas. And that was all she wrote, so— I never felt any better about it, but I just did the deal. I just followed through and went. You know what I mean? So it's like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, man. So it's just like, yeah, it's faith, and um, yeah. it's it's also there's this there's this verse in Nahum one three that's been very important to me the past several years, um, and it says the Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. Yeah. And so we, I, I've used that a lot. It's the way he moves people. Mm-hmm. He move who moved Uncle Eli in the Bible that way? You know, it's like it's. The way has the Lord has His way in the whirlwind. A lot of times it looks scary, it looks intimidating, but it's in my life. It has been the Lord is surrounding you and He's moving you to something new, and um, so that's a little something for you. um, Just it's personal, but uh, you know, hey, it's a weird day, right? And so uh, we're we're like, we're 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 moving, and it was one of those things where we moved here, and it was within a few months that we moved here. (laughs) You know, the threats and the talking and all that stuff happened against our just little group of people. I mean, we were meeting at the apartment complex, maybe 10 people, 10 of us, you know, just doing a Bible study. It wasn't even like a, you know what I'm saying? it was not like we would have music and stuff. And just doing discipleship and, and just living this life. We left our jobs. We were successful, you know, just, you know, we saved a good amount of money and, and, and we had some help moving here and stuff. So it was kind of cool. But we were living here and one of the, one of, one of the first, um, significant experiences. I had several, and I'm going to tell a few today. So this is, yeah, it's one of those days. But I had this, um, I had this dream and it was end of August, early September of 2012, which was right when we were starting. And in this dream, I was, I was sitting on this, I was, um, sitting on this blanket with my buddy named Chris and, um, I'm looking and I see this jumbo jet airplane, this large plane and um you know symbolically for me a lot of times in a dream a jet will represents a large group of people or a church right and in this dream i see this jet airplane flying across the squat uh jumbo jet flying passenger jet flying across the sky but then i see another jet a fighter jet come alongside it and it's a blue angel which is bizarre i had one as a kid a little toy they're not even real, they're fighter jets, but they're, they're like, they're like uh, you know, they do shows and stuff now, you know what I mean? So this Blue Angel, it's an F-18 Hornet, and it, and it literally flies up next to it, and it radios, and me and Chris, I'm sitting on the ground, and it radios to the big plane, and he says, hey, pilot, you're commanded to land that plane, and if you don't, you're gonna be shot out of the sky. And I was like, whoa, what, like that, that was, I don't know how I was hearing that, but it was sketchy, And right after that, he started to land and he landed. It was a very rough landing and exploded really close to where we were. And so I'm just like, I'm having this dream. I'm having this experience. But the thing about it is that very night, I was in my living room. Again, vulnerable. Something, the type of thing I never talk about in here. So yeah, get ready. I was in my living room and I'm sitting there and... When I first became a Christian, I mean, many of you guys know my story, you you know how I came in, you know the supernatural experiences that I had. I wasn't on drugs, uh, didn't want anything to do with God or Christianity, but I just came into it, right, and it it was very real. But I'm sitting in my living room, right, and I'm sitting up there, and Nicole had went to bed, we didn't even have the kids yet. It's like a a little cheap apartment we we were leasing down in South Tyler, we moved here. And um, I had always prayed when I was a young believer, you know, 25 years ago, or whatever, when I first, I always prayed to be able to have the eyes of discernment. Give me the eyes of discernment. I don't even know what that means. For some reason, it was in my heart, and I always prayed for it. That specific thing. And I didn't know the giftings of the Spirit of 1 Corinthians 12. I didn't know that discerning of spirits was a gift of the Spirit. But that's what I was praying for, the ability to see in the Spirit, to be able to see uh, People's giftings or the angels or the demons, and all, all kinds of stuff that that goes with through the scriptures. and so i I was praying and i'm I'm sitting there praying in my room, and out of the side of my eye, in a, in a chair in the corner of this little apartment, down on Thigpin, drive down there, I see somebody sitting in my room or, or in the living room in a chair, and it's I can't see them physically. But it's like I can see them out of the side view of my eyes, discerning spirits. It's the way that it works. You can ask for it, and it works. It's real. And you can test it to make sure that it's real. But anyhow, so anyways, I'm seeing this guy sitting there, and he has the brightest smile. Like, a, like gold teeth. And I'm from Florida, so all, tons of people have just straight golds all the way through. But it's just bright. And he's just sliding me up. And... I don't know. Are you good or are you bad? And I have this thing that I that I pray, especially when I feel afraid, <laughs> just to be honest, or nervous. And I say, "Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Jesus." Because Jesus said that you will not see me until you say, "Blessed you come." So I said, "Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Jesus." And he sat there and he smiled. And he was there, but there was also one more that was standing outside of the wall, and I could see him too. I was on the second floor; he was as tall as the second floor, very large. So there's a big guy, little guy, or normal-sized guy, very large guy. I'm like, okay, and I said, "Hey, uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord." And he said, "Hey, the kingdom is with you." We moved here. I was intimidated. We we instantly stepped up. We had we had noise. We had people trying to, don't go to that church. They're, they're you know I mean, come today. It probably does seem pretty weird, but uh, you know it's just like all, all these different things, but. I have this encouragement, the kingdom is with you. And I'm like, all right. And I don't even acknowledge it. I just pray to the Lord. Lord, if this is truly of you, <laughs> would you confirm it to me? Yes. And that, that's all I said. Got up, went to bed, didn't tell Nicole, <laughs> went to sleep. And that night's the night I have this dream. Now, I, I kind of said it wrongly. The first portion of the dream is these two people show up in the dream. One's regular size, one's about six foot seven, six foot eight. They show up and start talking to me. They're here in Tyler, the, the small one, smiled like crazy, so happy that I'm so glad you're here. And I'm like, all right, good. He was even hugging me on the side and I've, I'm, I'm from Florida, so that's awkward to me. I'm kind of like homophobic a little bit. I didn't say that. I'm not anymore, but I was. I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, a little much, you know what I mean? Because me. it lucid is real dreams to me, you know what I mean? It's really happening. Um, I'm fully asleep, this is an imagination, this is fully me, and, but the other guy was there too. And there was a playing field in this city and they were not allowed to step onto the playing field. And so they looked at me and said, all right, we're coming back, we're coming back soon. And they got into this military vehicle and they rode off. And I remember thinking like, how do you guys have the gas money to pay for those vehicles? Like I'm very much not aware that I'm in a prophetic experience or in a dream. Now the second portion of the dream was the two airplanes. It was the, the F-18 Hornet, the Blue Angel, radioing to the large jumbo jet or whatever you want to call it and saying, hey, you need to land the, land the plane. And so that night I had that double dream after I said, hey, if, that, if these guys are really of you, if this is somehow of you, would you confirm it to me? Would you, would you show me? Because I trust you and I trust the Bible, but I don't know about these experiences, right? You know. Anyway, so I woke up and I felt like, okay, so that was real. And I took the confidence of it. The kingdom was with you. But we're such a ragtag group, man. Like, you have no idea. And uh, we stirred up a lot of stuff just by teaching the Bible. But I was thinking about not, you know, the small beginnings. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. It's like, our crew, man, we might have 10 people there or 15. And it was like, almost everybody's life was a mess or had been very, very recently. You know? Or their marriage was, was going really bad or, um, you know, there was drug and alcohol addicts there. And um, it was such a motley crew, but it was people that just wanted, wanted to know God and to walk with him. Yeah. And um, so it's like, hey, there's, there's no red carpet and uh, you know, Joel Osteen um, entrance, you know what I'm saying? But it was, just like, it was just like this group of people whose lives were a mess, whose identities were completely lost, but they actually wanted to know Jesus and walk with him yeah. and wanted to yeah. learn and grow in the Bible. And for so long, it was it was so little like that. And sometimes I would think like, I have all these experiences with you. I have all these words, the kingdom is with you. You're doing these things. But I'm just like, man, it doesn't feel like it. Like we're like the, I used to say, we're like the bad news bears. You know what I mean? Like, man, like it's this small little group of weird people. And I'm kind of weird, but they're way more weird than me. And this, th- it's strange, you know? And um, even it got to one point, then some, you know, some of the, these young guys—they're not young guys anymore. It's a lot of the people that are doing stuff here now, they start showing up, and uh, golly, Alan, Alan's wife, Hannah—I mean, she was like not eighteen, nineteen. Y'all were like eighteen-year-old girls. Her and Kayla and mine—all and these young, pretty girls started coming, and they started doing the music. And I was like, all right, that's cool. But at the same time, the halfway house down there on Beckham—they started coming. So it's like you got these guys um, that are like out of prison and out of rehabs rough necks, but we're walking from Beckham to where our building was at the time and I'm supposed to be in charge and you got these young pretty girls doing music several of them and then you got all these rough neck dudes out the pen and out the you know and so I'm like I'm like watching dude I'm like, a, I'm like this is uncomfortable for me <laughs> you know what I mean I'm making sure there's no nobody's being weird and nobody ever was it was cool you know what I mean But it was just like I I was thinking about that, even thinking about like the early days of Hof. It was just like, gee whiz, man, like it wasn't like families and you know whatever like we have now. But it was it was it was so funny. But it's like don't despise the days of small beginnings, just be obedient with what you do have and sow into them as if they are the special forces and the navy seals and green berets, and you have this honor to study and to bring out the scriptures and to bring out the words and teach it to them. Like with them, in the best possible way that they're going to change the entire world, and it's like so. That's what I do right here, right now. I'm I try I seek to thrive, where I'm at, and it was like wow. It was a year. It was a little over a year in and, and, and change. After that experience that I had, and, and you know the kingdom was with you. And after those dreams, and we still had all you know the swirl. You know the guy did what he promised me he would do. He tried to he tried to <laughs> tried to completely destroy our little tiny little group, you know, our church, you know, and, and and really just try to prevent people from going to it when they'd hear about it. Because a lot of people knew me. Um, but that next year, in January of 2014, I had another dream. And in this dream, Nicole and I were on a property up in Lindale. In the Lindale area, and it's actually very similar proper, property to where Mercy Ships is. And um, we were there at this property, almost kind of like where, where y'all's lunchroom area is. And we were looking out the windows on this beautiful property, and we had this cool, we had the afternoon to like go explore it, which we've done with you guys since, but back then we had never hadn't been there. And, uh, but the sky was really dark. And so in, this is just a dream. I don't even know that I'm dreaming because it's so very real. We're there, we're gonna go explore all this land. But I'm seeing the sky, I was like, man, this storm, we don't even have an hour before this thing cracks down. This, this storm looks kind of bad. And as I was there, looking out the window, behold, a, a whirlwind started to form. And I was like, oh, snap, that's a, that's a funnel cloud. And that thing, that funnel cloud started to come down like it was gonna touch down where we were and it literally came down to the building where we were. And it's kind of like how we have glass all along this side of the building here. I was standing where the glass was. This whirlwind came down almost like it was gonna to touch down into that place that we were at or right outside of it. But it took the shape of something that I've, I've always been very hesitant to talk about. I don't talk about this in public. I never have actually, I've only done it in private groups. But it took the shape of an actual hornet. It was a hornet the size of a school bus it started off as a tornado came down it was a it was a literal hornet the size of a school bus and it took its shape outside of the window and right where I was standing and it reached forth one of its little hornet arms to try to shake my hand you didn't think you were gonna hear something like this today did you yeah well sorry not sorry but it reaches out and when it did I freaked out (laughs) you know what I mean and my, my mind, I said, that's a principality. That ain't no demon. That's a principality. And I backed up and I looked down the windows and I see Nicole at the door and she's opened the door to walk outside. And I'm like, what are you doing? There's a principality out there. And she looks at me like this, like, like really? That kind of looked like, are you serious? You really think that? And she's the person in my life that I trust more than anyone on the earth. And so the Lord used her in this experience to say like, hey, you're reading this all wrong. And I was like, huh? And by the time I go to look back at the thing, boom, I woke up. Now being somewhat um, religious as I was in 2014, (laughs) um, I instantly woke up from that dream and I was so shook by it that I hopped out of my bed. I think Noble was, uh, or Nicole was pregnant with Noble. I got out of the bed, and I went down to the foot of the bed on my knees. Well, and I don't do that. But I got out went up, and started instantly repenting. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know what I did. I don't know what I've opened the door. That door has been opened, that thing. And, and I start to, like, literally repent about... I don't have anything to repent about, but I'm sure there must be something because there's a door open and there's a monster, you know? And instantly as I sit down there, I feel this peace come over me like, hey, that's in the Bible, you know? Like you think something's bad, but it's not. And I'm like, huh? Like, okay. And I, and I opened my Bible and I turned to Joshua 24. And he's talking about the leader, the leader of, of Israel after Moses was named Joshua. And he actually led the people into their promised land. But the promised land, if you remember, was full of giants, was full of Nephilim, full of hybrid beings and all these scary things that they were all terrified of. But God had made a promise to Moses and to the people. And, he, and, and Joshua was reminding them the promise. And Joshua says, um, You went over the Jordan and you came to Jericho. And Jericho fought against you, and also the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hittonites, and the Gerishites, and the Hivites, the Jebusites, but I, but I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you, and also the kings of the Amorites with the sword. I've given you land for which you didn't labor, and cities for which you did not build, for you to dwell in them. You're going to eat the, the vineyards and olive groves, which you did not plant. Therefore, Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. Amen. And I was like, okay, hornet, hornet's yeah. the hornet's a good guy. <laughs> the hornet's a good guy. Lord's like, I sent the hornet to clear the land out from before you yeah. to give you your inheritance. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And so I had this belief, and it was a silent belief. It was not something I talked about, and it was something I prayed about, and it was something I dreamt about several, several times. But I also remember that dream that I had a year earlier where that blue angel, which come to find out was an F-18 Hornet, that's the type of jet that it was, was saying, hey, land that thing or I'm gonna land you. And it was also like, hey, stop, don't attack my son. Don't, Don't attack your brother or you're gonna get grounded. And he got grounded. And so don't talk like that very much. But I, I had this question in my mind like, who is the hornet? Who is he? I've never heard anyone talk about him. I've been in prophetic streams. I've never heard anybody talk about this angel. I, I don't, it's not a thing. Um, I researched back in Exodus 23. You know, when, when Moses is coming off the mountain and he's doing the Ten Commandments and he's giving these, all these people these rules and stuff, and God's talking to Moses and, and Moses is talking to people because people are afraid of God because he's too mystical and powerful. Uh, Moses is the first one that, that actually came with that. In Exodus 23, it's, it's weird because it, it's like, Exodus 23 is like not circulating a false report, you know, growing your food for six years, you know. Um, verse 19, the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord. Um, don't boil a young goat in its mother's milk. And it's just like, okay, good to know. You know, it's like these, these weird random things. And, and, and then all of a sudden, behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way, and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. And it's like, whoa. This this verse of Exodus 23, when he starts to talk about the angel of the Lord, and he starts to talk about this hornet, it goes from, don't boil a young goat in his mother's milk, right? Can anybody find humor in that other than me? Hey, by the way, don't boil a young goat in his mother's milk. And I'm sending an angel before you to lead you into the land that you're supposed to go. It's like, all right. It's like, we don't, like man, one of those seems like really weighty and important. The other one's like, all right, well, don't, don't boil the goat in the mother's milk. All right, cool. <laughs> People did that? All right. Um, so I'm going to bring you into this place. It says, beware of him and obey his voice and do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is inside of him. My name is in him. Yeah, this is Hashem. And so, you know, God bless Michael Heiser. When he, and and I even did a teaching on this about the name of the Lord a few weeks back. It's solid, dude. It's really great. But it's like, um, the name of the Lord is the person of Yahweh. It doesn't mean a name or a title. And we've covered this recently. But the name of the Lord is the essence, the person, the being, the one who is the embodiment of Yahweh. He is the angel of the Lord, had the name of the Lord. He was different than the other angels. This one had the name of the Lord in him. And Heiser does a great job with that. But it says, listen to him. He won't pardon your transgressions for my name is animals. That doesn't mean that's not talking about forgiveness of sins. It's like, hey, you've got to follow the voice of the Lord. And if you don't and go your own way, he's not going to just make it okay and come and take care of you. It's saying you have to follow him and it'll go really well. You catch it like he's not going to just let you go your own direction And then show up and clean up the mess when it's the wrong direction. He's calling the shots and he's leading you. The Lord is my shepherd, right? And you're not leading him. But if you obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I'll be an enemy to your enemies. for For my angel, capital M, will go before you and bring you. And he says that same list that Joshua talks about the hornet. He will bring you into the land of the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. And it's interesting um, because, and this has nothing to do with another, that pastor or anything like that. I'm saying like, in our life, this prophetic walk of following the shepherd, I love this, and I feel like this is a great reminder. It's something we're always on, but a great reminder for this year. When, When Moses is, is, articulating these words of the Lord to the people of Israel about following the Lord, following the angel of the Lord, the shepherd, the hornet. He's saying, listen, he's going to go and drive them out from before you. It's not going to be by your own strength that you do this, but he's going to bring you right into the midst of them. And it's just like almost every breakthrough that we're called to step into comes from following the Lord right into the very thing that we're intimidated to follow him into. The very thing that we're intimidated to even look at, well, I don't go there. It's like the things we don't look at, he's like wants to take out the light and, tsk, and like, let's get this, let's go after this. You know, modern psychology, the fastest way to get somebody to heal from emotional trauma is to get them to voluntarily look at the emotional trauma, right, that's, that's, just, it's, that's Jordan Peterson or you know whoever, that's, that's the way that it works, counseling works. But the way of the Lord, is the mind of Christ is higher than any counseling. Yes. And I love that. My angel go before you. He's going to lead you into these people groups. Now, we know if we look at Exodus and we look at Numbers and, and we know the story of the wilderness that's written all through Numbers, the reason most of the Israelites did not enter into the promised land is because they were, because they were afraid of the inhabitants of the promised land. They were too intimidating and scared, and their fear caused them wandering in the wilderness and dying off until a young generation led by Joshua and Caleb actually had the guts and courage to trust the Lord and actually walk into their inheritance. Fear is what robs everyone from moving forward, man. But there's wholeness and there's healing from following the Lord. There really is. Another verse you'll hear me say a lot, uh, probably a lot of stuff that you hear me say that I I don't tell you why or where. I got some of this stuff. Verse 28 of Exodus 23, I will send the hornets before you and you will drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, the Hittite from before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become numerous for you. But little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. How many times have we talked about that sort of thing? Sounds like Anthony, doesn't it? Thrive where you're at. In other words, like, I'm the one who's going to drive you, I'm going to bring you into your inheritance, but I'm going to give it and release it to you little by little. Little by little, I will drive them out until you've increased and you have the capacity to inherit everything that i want to give you. Sometimes we can have this, and I have this great inheritance in the kingdom, and I know I'm called to be in this sphere or, or have this type of platform or whatever it looks like, but the key has always been being faithful with little, following the voice, voice of the Lord, He drives out the land. He increases our inheritance, but it's our capacity, Him within us. The more we increase, we have the ability to hold on to what He wants to release to us. And so here's that little by little. Here's that, um, what we started off, Zechariah 4, right? Not despising the day of small things. Not despising the day of humble beginnings. It's like, hey, being faithful where you're at, little by little little by little, moving into where you're called to go. You know? So here I'm having that dang school bus-sized tornado hornet showing up, trying to shake my hand with his tentacles or whatever those things are, freaking me out. And the Lord's given me an encouraging word like, hey, buddy, I'm releasing your inheritance to you. And I am the one who drives it out and opens it up for you. And you trust me. And you be faithful in the little by little. You be faithful in the halfway house. And the people that are addicts and the people whose lives are a mess and you pour into them and let me do let me build my own house as I will let me add to it as I will add to it and it's like, okay well that's a concept I mean the whole thing was kind of um I don't want to say a test a test run but it kind of was it was a theory that this is going to work out the way God said it's going to work out we're just going to be faithful and not sell out and do it and let him add to it and um it was one of those things where I was like, wow, okay, you know, January 2014, that why are we in Lyndale? Why is this thing shaking my hand? Well, there was a large ministry in Lindale in January 2014. It was it was headquartered out of Dallas. Yes. Millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Boom, the thing went bankrupt. Boom, they mm-hmm. shut down their place in Lyndale. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that whole place in Lindale was busing, had had buses that would come every week. To the guy's church, that was that was a hater. All of that stopped. His stuff stopped. He had quite a hard time, and um, you know, moved states. You know, that whole thing shut down. We didn't have to worry about that drama. All that to say, it's something I wouldn't normally talk about. But it's like, dude, just following the Lord and letting Him clear your path and actually take care of the things that surround you or that cause um, inflammation. Being faithful to Him. We're called to stay in our lane and be faithful with what God's called us to do. You know what I'm saying? And um, all those years, man, I, I looked back and I, it was more of a theory. I was like, this is, I believe the hornet was the angel of the Lord because that's, that's how, how Joshua calls him in the, in the book of Joshua 24. And, but it was something close to my chest and I didn't have anybody I could reference that to. There was a few people, like, if I ever meet this person, I'm going to ask them, like, hey, have you ever heard, of you know, there's, there's a few people I wanted to, but I never got the chance, and I had never heard of it since. Um, and then, obviously, Michael Heiser comes along, and he uses that same verse, and it says, the fact that it says, he's different, my name is in him, he's, he's, he's communicating that he's the angel of the Lord. And then Joshua, before he leads the people into the promised land, remember, he met the guy with the sword out, and he said, hey, are you with us, or with our enemies? And he said, neither, neither one, but as the commander of the angelic army of the Lord, I have now come. Take off your shoes. This is holy ground. He was the angel of the Lord. And so when Joshua met him, boom, he bowed down and he opened the way for the rest of the Israelites. So now it's, it all makes perfect sense. But why I wanted to talk about this, kind of closing up, one chapter. Um, and I feel like it's a vision for our house. I feel like it's a, it's a noble vision for this year, for all of us. But to be honest... It's simply the new covenant, yeah. and the reality of Christianity, that's been our vision every year. Don't tell anybody that, because then they'll think it's new and hip and cool, but it's, it's always the same. But I'm being vulnerable today, and, and even at, at, the, at the expense of people thinking that I'm a little bit strange, um, but this is, this is literally, I don't do this much, but this is literally just like, a very Cliff Notes version of the things that I've experienced since we've been here doing this. This is nothing, uh, or not nothing, but this is just partial, you know. But this year, um, shoot, this year we had a tornado come to our house on April the 20th. I thought about that this morning too. I was like, man, we had a tornado. I'm, I'm texting Blake and uh, Deacon, Brad, I'm texting them like, yo, there's a tornado over here, because they both like, weather nerds like me um, but that tornado literally came to my house in Bateman the one where I had the dream about the tornado and I have pictures of it on my phone if you guys got to see like the KLTV pictures and stuff like that that thing came and started a street over from our house and I was walking outside we were actually getting our house ready to sell imagine that another move and a tornado shows up and I always told my daughters like hey there ain't no tornado in our houses. Our neighborhood's way too hilly for a tornado they can't come to us and it came right to us dude <laughs> it was adorable my little daughter was, she was six she was sitting there with a hello kitty bike bike helmet on sitting in the stairwell like scared <laughs> you know what i mean but that thing came and parked in front of me dude and and i started speaking to it like talking to it outside going after it but it scared the the daylights out of me and this time nicole was the one yelling for me to get inside the house get inside get inside and then she was like you probably scared all of our neighbors yelling at that tornado like that i'm like well I was going to go down without faith, you know what I mean? So anyways, but it it started over there, and there's pictures of it over our neighborhood on KLTV. I have it on my phone. It's so crazy looking, Um, but it never fully touched down. It was yanking stuff out of our, (laughs) yeah, it was wild. Anyway, so yeah, speaking of the old tornado, the mover, um, God has his way in the whirlwind, though. You know, it's a sign to me. It's a good thing. And um, the only damage, the place where it touched down was a funeral home right up the street from this church, you know? It's the only place where it touched down. So that's the only place that gets damaged. That's that's, which is supposed to be dead. But anyhow, after all this time, uh, November the 1st of this year, we had sold our house. We're staying in like a temporary rent house right now. And um, I have another dream that's similar to the one from 2012. And I didn't tell anybody about it because I don't usually talk like this. But um, in this dream, it was an assessment of our church. And I didn't know that. I was just in the dream. And there was a leader and he was walking through the church kind of assessing it, see what was going on. But I showed up and I felt such peace in the dream. And when I walked in, this man was there, kind of assessing it, but I could hear the voice. I could hear Alan and I could hear Steve, who's in in the kids' room right now. But there was a prophetic training going on, training people to hear God's voice. Which is, which is, that is the game of New Covenant Christianity, enter into this relationship. They will all know me. They will all know me. You don't have to say, know him. In other words, you don't have to tell this is what God says to you. It's just like, well, you can actually know him as well. It's, it's, a, different, it's a different model than it used to be. And it's like, everyone can be into this relationship. And in the dream, I could hear all the prophetic teams and people were training and learning to hear God's voice. And it was so wonderful that in the dream, I took a nap because I was so at peace. I sat him off as I fell asleep and then I woke back up. Weird. And then as I was leaving, we were leaving the corner of this property where we were, where we were in the stream. And I see this guy who's about looks like to be about six foot eight. He looks just like the two guys outside the house. He looks just like the two. They look just like the two guys from the, from the dream. Very similar. Um, I see them again. He looks slightly different because his hair's grown out massive. Jamaican dude's he got dreadlocks down his back of his hair, but they're they're braid they're braided into three braids. I remember that specifically. But I walked up to him when I saw him there, and I grabbed him by the arm and turned him around. I was like, hey. Because he looked a lot like a friend that I grew up with, big Jamaican dude. And I was like, hey man. And I looked at his face and it was different. And I said, like, oh, I said, I had a friend that I grew up with who's six foot eight. And he looks at me and I see his face. And he's somebody i've met several times now very similar he looks at me it's the hornet he looks at me he says um he says i'm six seven that's what he says i'm six seven and when he says that music starts playing and it's so beautiful it's like it is the score of a movie that i've seen my whole life but i've never seen you catch what i'm throwing you know like when you hear like star wars music or like Lord of the Rings music, or Harry Potter, whatever it is you like, it's like they have these very distinct scores that just, they hit, man. And they just have this really cool, inspirational melody or whatever. He says, I'm six, seven, and I see his face, and um, um, that music just starts to play. And for a second, I'm like, wow. But then I hear the music, like when you're watching a movie, but then I have the thought like, Where's the music coming from? Because this is lucid, man. And I'm dead asleep. You know what I mean? I'm outside. We were, in the, we were in Hubbard Middle School's field. That's where we were. And I had never been there until now. I've been there since. And I was like, this is the place where we were, by the gate. And um, we're, so we're there and we're leaving from the assessment and all the people training and equipping. And I have this great feeling of like, Hey, the Hoff is really doing what it's supposed to be doing. And it's the Lord. I always do year end reviews and the Lord is giving me one. And, um, uh, but this, this music starts playing when this guy tells me he's six foot seven and it's beautiful. But then I just get scared. You know what I mean? Cause I'm like, where's the speakers at? Like, where's the music coming from? You know what I mean? There's no cars driving by playing their music. You know what I mean? You're watching a movie. You're used to hearing music. But I'm not in a movie. I'm in a, I feel like, I I think I'm really there. And I'm just hearing this beautiful melody. And I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. But where is it coming from? And I was like, where is it coming from? And I wake up in my bed where we're staying. On Sequoia Drive. And I wake up and I still can hear the music playing in my mind because it's so distinct to me, and I've heard it my whole life. It's like Star Wars or something, but it's its own thing. And I'm like, whoa. But then I'm scared in my room, like, ooh, you know what I mean? And I I know it's funny, but like the more real the stuff is, it, it just rattles you, dude. It just does. You know what I mean? I am not a timid or scary person. You know what I mean? Like, you would think that from this message today. I've been scared so many times, you know what I mean? But like, you know, as my wife, I pop out of the bed when stuff's going on, and like, Rage mode, like I'm not afraid, you know. And it's like, but I'm this stuff. It's so very real. It rattles you to your being. You're like, whoa! And I'm hearing this music, and I'm and okay. That was good. That was good. That was they were good guys. But these guys, man, they show up. Man, they're so mighty, capable. It's like, whoo man, you are not regular when you meet somebody like that. It's like, dude, you ain't regular. You know, all the guys in the Bible falling down like dead men when they see angels. You know, what I mean, it's just, it's just a thing, dude. But um, but it was him. And I went, looked, I went back and I looked at this 6-7. There's only one 6-7 that I know of, and it's Psalm 67. And it's the message of our house. And I, I read um, Psalm 67. I was like, all right, so he's 6-7. I, I know how this thing works. I know that it's you know prophetic. And that he's communicating something to me. The Lord is communicating. And so I go and I read Psalm 67. And it says... It starts off, it's to the choir master with, sing, with stringed instruments as a song, but it is a song. And um, that instantly hit me. Like, this is, it's actually a, this is actually music that I'm reading. And i just come out of this experience about 6, 7, and there was music playing. And I was like, this is the song that I heard. This is the song that I heard. So Psalm 67, a song. It says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Mm-hmm. Say la that your way may be known on the earth and that your saving power would be known among the nations. Let the people praise you, O God. Let the people praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the people with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Selah. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us let all of the ends of the earth fear him. And um, do you guys have Blue Letter Bible at all? You, you do. Can you open that Psalm sixty seven for me real quick? But it's like I'm looking at that, and I know this is I know this is the message of the kingdom. And it it's not common these days, you know. But the message of blessing and the the message of even just the way we've seen the hof like the best advertisement is not to make plugs um but the best advertisement is people walking in wholeness and i was a trainer for a long time your best advertisement is when your clients bodies transform and they're healthy and people are like i want to know what you've got and i believe that for the church as well it's like people stepping into wholeness people stepping into their true inheritance um, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you by this. You will know my father will be glorified that you bear much fruit. And it's like this concept that like we are called to walk in such wholeness and healing that we become who we truly were before time and space in him, the way he's designed us. Yes. And this that that we would bear much fruit will glorify our father. And Psalm 67 or 6-7, six, can you just bring it to me, if you don't mind? Thank you. Um, it's like when I was looking at that, oh, um, do you, is, what is this? If you just click on the word the that you one. want to look at. Oh. Which word do you want? I, to I need that? to play the audio on it. It's what I wanted to do. Uh, Blue Letter God. Bible. So, yeah. yeah, do you mind? Sorry. Um, but it's just like, it's one of those things. I was reading this, and it's just like Psalm 67. One, the fact that it's a, the song that of that heaven word? for the people. Or do you need the... I go like this, so well, when I looked at this, and you I'll, I'll give it right back, but um for one thing i um my for some reason, my phone only had King James version, <laughs> so I loved it because when I opened this i don 't remember if I did it in the middle of the night or waited till I, till I woke up that that morning, but when I looked at this verse that you would be gracious to us and bless us, that we would step into all of our true inheritances, that your way would be known in all the earth. It's like this demonstration of what the path of God truly is. And even that word, your way, it is, it is a very personal. It's my brother's name is Derek. It's, it, it literally, it is, the, it is the way, it is the, what David called, lead me in the way everlasting. It is the path of your true identity in Psalm 139, which has been a huge message for our house that we've really steeped ourselves in. It is the ancient paths of Jeremiah. You know, um, it is the, this way of, of walking in the Lord who is actually a person. And the angel of the Lord himself, it's like, my name is in him. And it's like, we're supposed to abide in Jesus that our Father will be glorified, and this is the way that it says, this wholeness and this healing and this health that we walk in is the way that all people will come to praise the Lord. And it's not like, hey, we're going to go out and tell everybody they're going to go go to hell unless you join our club. It's like, no, we're going to walk this life in truth and in spirit. And we're going to walk in such wholeness that people actually want what we have. We don't have to scare them into our family. They're, we're going to say, you're actually in our family. They're going to want what we actually have. And they want to step into that wholeness and healing. And it's like, that is the way of heaven. That is the way we're called to walk. That is our true identity. And that is the, the evangelistic psalm of the song of the Lord, which, which redeems people. But I will say, when I looked at this in the, in the King James Version, when it says that um, your way may be known in the earth and your saving power, that word saving power is actually, it says your saving health would be known amongst the nations. And I thought, man, that's a true translation. That's beautiful. I've never seen that, that your saving health. Think about that, repentance and remission of sins, the forgiveness of sin, to be able to step out of that lineage, to, to be able to step into the salvation of the kingdom, to know God, but also the remission of sins, everything which came in through the fall that's changed your identity, that's, that's warped you into somebody you weren't supposed to be, all disease, all sickness, all pain, all, all, all confusion, inner, in your mind, in outside, in your heart, it's like there's actually saving health for that. And I was like, I gotta see what that word is. I got to see what that Hebrew word is, and I did. Strong's thirty-four forty-four, Yeshua, Yeshua. How about that? That Yeshua would Strong's be known. Yeshua, Yeshua. That's Yeshua. Yes. We know who that guy is. That's his name. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, my name is in the angel of the Lord the one who leads you, the hornet, the, the one who drives out your enemies from before you, the one, your family won't be sick, you, you won't experience lack, I will bring you into a, you know, buildings you didn't build, houses you didn't build, vineyards you didn't plant. You know what I'm saying? Your true inheritance from me, something that you didn't accomplish by your own strength. It's like, you'll do this. Psalm 44 verse four. You know what I'm saying? like, Lord, declare your victory over your people. That word is Yeshua. You are my king, O God. Declare Yeshua over us. I don't see, I've been in these streams for a long time. I don't see how I've never seen that or no one that I've ever known has even seen it. But it was just like, wow, that your way would be known on the earth and that Yeshua would be known amongst the nations our full inheritance is to abide in the reality the saving health of Yeshua the way of the Lord Jesus comes and he's like hey I am the way I am the truth I am the life abide in me apart from me you can do nothing it's like what that means it's like hey I'm your life if you're alive it's because of him Believer or unbeliever, it's like if you have breath, it's him sustaining it. We've seen this way in like who's in and who's out. We've seen it in a different way, and I'm not saying universalism. I'm not going there. What I'm saying is that the, the kingdom, the inheritance, is available for all of mankind, but somebody has to embody it. Someone has to live it. And so when we talk about being faithful in our spheres, when we talk about um, being faithful with the issues of heart, when we talk about um, Anthony says thriving where you're at. Um, it's like, it's not letting little things go. When we talk about taking every thought captive, right? 2 Corinthians 10, 5, that, that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and submit it to who? Yeshua. That's what it says. Submit it to Jesus Christ. It's like, he is our life. He is our everything. He is He is our religion. He is a person, but he is my identity. He is who I abide in. He, he, who's, he who's the one who lives in me. You know what I mean? It is him and me. Christ in you is the hope of glory. The whole thing has always been Him. It has always been about Him. And we, we were in Him before the foundations of the earth. So that's the message for the day. It's about riding some whirlwinds around. It's about some really strange dreams. You know, it's about some interesting things. But what it really is, is about a relational connection to God and following Him into what we're called to do. You know following Him, whether it's, you know, a handful of ragtag people in a, in a halfway house, or you know, you know what I'm saying, you know? It's like, hey, it's being faithful in the here and now, and let the doors open that the Lord wants to open. Let Him add to you what He wants to add to you. Let Him bring you where you're called to be brought. It's, it's the Psalm 44. It's like, listen, Psalm 44, like all these scriptures... You'll, you'll realize in your walk with the Lord, the experiences you have, the dreams you have, the ex, the, you know, all the things that come alive to you in the Bible, how incredibly tied together they are. It starts off like a mosaic where stuff is beautiful, but it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And then little by little, all of them tie together in this beautiful way. It says, Psalm 44, it's talking about Joshua and the Israelites, talking about the hornet that actually cleared the, the land out for them. It says, they did not gain the possession of the land by their own sword. Their own arm didn't save them. It was you, and you are my king, oh God. Command Yeshua for Jacob. Command Yeshua for your people. Command saving health over us all. This is is a year to violently pursue health and wholeness in every sphere of your life. It is the path of God. It's not the five-year plan and the business model of this and what's invested in that. And hey, all those things, none of that stuff's bad, but what's important is being faithful in the issues of our heart and knowing Jesus. God is spirit, John 4. To worship him, to follow him in this walk, you do so in spirit and truth. Sometimes it seems really bizarre and strange, but we're not following uh, you know, an English religion, an American religion. We're following a God who's spirit. And we're more like Him. We're trying to get Him to be like us, but He talks the way He talks, and we're like Him. We're created in His image. Yeah. So, so we must do this. We must follow Him, you know, in all things. If the Lord brings stuff into your mind and into your heart, even practical strategy, follow through on it. Make it happen. Show up. Be present. Be there. If He highlights uh, circles or spheres in your life where you could actually release life. Maybe it's a person at work, or maybe it's—I mean, I, I don't know what it looks like. Be available, release that life, grow into the maturity. And obviously, if there's pain, if there's emotional wounds, if there's memories that that haunt you, that keep coming back every time you hear a certain song, or smell a certain cologne, or whatever it is, it's like, hey, release forgiveness to those and ask the Lord for the saving health, which is Yeshua in your heart, to release forgiveness and become whole. Because as soon as that wholeness and healing takes place, that comes as spiritual authority and you move on into the next phase of what you're called to do. The walk is progressive. It always is. And it's the Lord who goes before you, and it's the Lord who's your rear guard. But we choose whether we're on His path or not.